Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. People buy lottery tickets so they can dream about the unlikely chance of a big payout. But there are more likely events in life that can put a reasonably big sum of money in your bank account. Things like inheritance, insurance settlements, or even per capita payments. There are things you can do now to help you make the most of your money and set you up for the future. Sometimes it means buying a reliable car. Other times it might mean investing in your own business. We'll get advice on making the most of a sudden cash windfall, coming up right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A 10-week virtual coding camp for Native girls recently started to get more girls interested in STEM. In 2020, only 0.1% of engineers and scientists were Native women. Taylor Stagner reports. The Sisterhood of Native American Coders is in its third year. The group puts together a coding camp for girls 9 to 12 and has participants from 89 different tribes. The group aims to expose young Native students to coding principles. Founder Elizabeth Holm attends Stanford studying computer science. She says the group brings together coding mentors from across the U.S. Our goal is really to get them interested at that young age by exposing it to them, um, showing them how much, um, how much fun it can be and like how creative they can be with it, um, and hopefully inspiring them to continue onward um, with STEM. Holmes said that the program was originally in person, but due to the pandemic, moved online, which allowed the group to include more girls. For National Native News, I'm Taylor Stagner. Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez signed legislation into law on Friday, which provides more than $1 billion for infrastructure projects on the reservation. Federal funds from the American Rescue Plan invest in water projects, electricity, broadband, housing, COVID-19 mitigation, public safety, and local community priorities. A ceremony was held in New Mexico and streamed online. President Nez says jobs are being created. We have our Navajo people living off the Navajo Nation, your children, your grandchildren that are building skyscrapers, right? They're building big old stadiums, they're building homes for other people because they have to work out there. But ladies and gentlemen, when we sign this bill, it is time to open back the door to the Navajo Nation and welcome our Navajo professionals and our young people home, right? The signing represents the largest ever investment in infrastructure projects for the Navajo Nation. The legislation was approved by the Tribal Council by a 20 to 2 vote during a special session in June. In 2020, the tribe implemented more than $700 million in federal CARES Act funds, which invested in similar infrastructure projects. Chandeska Chickenaw Community College in North Dakota is celebrating the release of the book Miniwakan, which is described as a language tribute to the Spirit Lake tribe's traditional language and oral history. Tribal College President Cindy Linquist says the book will be part of curriculum and hopes to engage surrounding communities. Trying to help non-natives understand indigenous people and our respective cultures and languages. And then as you get into understanding, there is such richness. There's such commonality among the values. It's the third such book the school has issued, and leaders say it coincides with similar projects carried out by tribal colleges and universities across the country. On Thursday, signed copies will be given away during a public event.
Native American Basketball Invitational Championship Games will be streamed on ESPN+. The games kicked off Sunday in Phoenix, Arizona. More than 400 games will be played this week in Phoenix area gyms. There are more than 130 teams comprised of male and female athletes ages 14 to 19. The games will be available to watch on ESPN Plus Friday and Saturday. Organizers say this will mark the first time an all-Native youth sporting event will be featured on a major sports network. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support for law and justice-related programming provided by Hobbs, Strauss, Dean & Walker, a national law firm dedicated to promoting and defending tribal rights for nearly 40 years. More information available at HobbsStrauss.com. Support by BNSF Railway, proudly supporting the nation's economy by moving the goods that feed, supply, and power communities across the country. More at bnsf.com slash tribal relations. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. Chances are at some point in your life, you will come into a financial windfall. It could be a per capita payment, an insurance settlement, or an inheritance. Hey, you might even hit it big at the casino. Even a tax refund can be a significant amount of cash for many people. A financial windfall might offer a chance to buy a new car or take a lavish vacation. That's probably at the top of the list for many young people. That kind of money can also provide a chance to invest, start a business, or reduce debt. It might be the start of your children's college savings or a down payment on a house. So let's talk financial strategy. You're welcome to join a discussion. How would you responsibly spend $3,000 or $30,000? Give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Our phone lines are now open. We have three guests today who can help us gain a better understanding of managing a financial windfall in a variety of situations. On the line in Everett, Washington is Leilani Wilson-Wakrush. She's the Chief Compliance Officer for Breakwater Investment Group, a native-owned and operated registered investment advisor. She is also a Tlingit tribal member. Leilani, thanks for joining us. Hi, Sean. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Leilani. And I don't think too many things perk up ears faster than hearing about someone who suddenly comes into a sizable sum of cash. It's certainly exciting. However, can a financial windfall be a mixed blessing? It can be. There's a lot of studies that show how windfall payments can actually be a burden to a lot of individuals, no matter what their status is or nationality is in in the country and in the world. So it's really important to have a plan and to know what you want to do with it and not get distracted by what others think you should do. Well, what kind of challenges face people who come into a financial windfall? Well, there there could be, depending on the type of 
of payment that it is, the first is to be taxation. And so um, if you haven't taken care of the taxes and you end up spending it all, then you have a tax burden and, and no additional funds to pay for it. So it's important to know um, what the taxation requirements are with that payment and to take care of those up front. And so that's the first part of budgeting. And then determining um, what you have left, um, all or part, and then figuring out what you want to do with that. And it's important to make sure that you're um, not over-leveraging it and, and getting more into debt um, because that, that can be attractive. Um, if you receive a, a payment enough for a down payment on a car and you think you can go out and get a big loan for a big truck, uh, but it can't afford the monthly payments and you've spent all the money on the down payment, you, know, you can get into a lot of financial uh, troubles and, and long-term. So you don't, don't want to do that, avoid it as much as possible. And we hear a lot about per capita payments in Indian country coming from gaming revenue, casinos, but what are some other sources that a Native person might come into a lump sum financial windfall like that? Well, you mentioned uh, early on in, in the opening, there could be an inheritance. Um, so that happens. There could be settlements, um, natural resource settlements that the tribe takes on. And so you could receive a, a per capita payment through the tribe, but not for gaming. Um, that, that happens uh, with a lot of tribal communities around the country year-round. Um, there's also, like you said, uh, IRS refund, and, um, and we just came off of CARES and, and other stimulus programs where uh, individuals were able to receive uh, cash payments for, for different purposes. And so there's, there's a number of things. And then, of course, I, I think the, the fun one you mentioned um, is, is, you know, especially in Indian gaming, um, a, a windfall at, at the casino, and, and that's always fun. And so to make sure to manage those things. Yeah, hit that progressive jackpot. Next thing you know, you're sitting on $30,000 or $40,000. And you, you talked about taxes, and that's interesting because I know, you know, obviously if you win money in a casino, that's taxable income. Per capita from gaming, that's taxable income. But some of this settlement money, some of those windfall payments, um, are those taxable? It depends on the the way that the settlement has been structured with the federal government, but most of the ones that I've seen, especially related to natural resources, those are, are not taxable. The, the principal, now any interest, because um, some of those payments would go into a miner's trust in some communities, and so the principal amount wouldn't be taxable, but any interest gained while it was invested until the person turned 18, um, that would be taxable. Now, Somebody listening to the show right now might be thinking, wow, that would just be a great problem to have, this windfall payment and having to figure out how to manage it. Leilani, what are the chances that me, you, or anybody else could potentially come into a pretty significant sum of money at some point in our lives? Well, it, it depends on on your community. I mean, you, you could strike it rich um, at any point. You can have business success. Um, hopefully, you know, people are earning this money and, and there's responsibilities that come with it. I don't know a specific percentage of, of how much, um, you know, how likely it is for somebody to come into money, but I know it's happening more and more with our Native communities. And so it is something that we need to continue to talk about and be mindful of. 
Well, earlier I used this term, a significant amount of money, and I think that can be kind of ambiguous. And I'd like to ask you, Leilani, I mean, what do you consider a significant amount of money to be for a windfall payment? Would it be $10,000, $20,000, more? What's your thought on that? Well, I've been in the financial industry for over 20 years, and I've worked with um, all kinds of dollar figures. And so what I always say is everything is relative. And what, what that means is significant could be $100 or $500 or $1,000. Um, significant could be a million dollars or $10 million, depending on your situation. But I think um, with any, with any uh, additional money, you should always be mindful, no matter the amount. You know, my husband and I, will, we just received checks today, um, probably $10, $15 each. And we're going to be mindful about that. It, it may not be significant to anybody else or even to us, but it's money and we want to be responsible. We have a plan of where we're putting it, um, what we're doing with it, when we will spend it. And so um, no matter the amount, how many, you know, dollars, um, figures are after the, the commas and, and the dollar amount, uh, you should always be mindful. And, and there's limited resources. There's a, a finite amount that we'll all have in our control over our lifetime. So we should be responsible with, with every dollar of it. Earlier, Leilani, you talked about coming up with a plan to manage a windfall. And what should that plan look like? What kind of information should it include? Well, I think there's really two steps to planning. And the first part is to really look at yourself and your goals. And so what are things that you want out of life and how can this help you? So determining um, some short-term, some mid-term, some long-term goals, and then creating a budget with the amount that you have and how can that help with any of those uh, timeframes, short-term, mid-term, or long-term, and how is it going to help contribute to the life that you want to have versus, oh, well, this is great. Let me just go out and take a vacation or buy some new shoes or whatever. Um, could it be an investment in yourself and in, in what you want long-term, even if it is a short uh, a amount? Uh, or if it's a big amount, um, how can you really um, help you be more successful and get and, and accomplish the goals that you want, because there are a lot of studies, and I've, I've done some articles I can share with anybody who, who wants to see it, um, that more money doesn't always equal more happiness, and um, it's, it's what you do with the money that matters. So really planning what is important to you and, and filtering out all the noise from everybody else who wants to have fun with that money, uh, but also then putting a budget of what you want to do with those funds, those particular funds, and how long do you want to have them? How long do you want to extend it out for? Okay. And you mentioned other people wanting to have fun with that money because that's, you know, so often uh, in Native communities, there can be an expectation to help family and friends and and others that, that you know, maybe need some help. And um, is that a fair expectation to place on people to, to share their newfound wealth or this sudden income with, with friends and relations? Well, I don't, it, it depends on the situation. You know, some, some of the money is communal <laughs> depending on where, where it came from. But um, for individuals, I, I think 
it's important for us to set healthy boundaries with our family members. We, as Native people, you know, our wealth traditionally has been communal, um, but we want to make sure that as individuals, we get to decide how much we want to use for ourselves, for our immediate family, um, maybe broader for the community and our friends. And so that's something that, that an individual has to determine how much influence are they going to, going to allow others to have into it. Um, I think it's when there's like an 18 money payment, and I know you do a lot of workshops on it and, and talk to the kids and have a lot of great programs. Um, but they're, those kids, yes, technically they're 18 for maybe a day or a month, um, quote-unquote, adults. And that's the first, you know, major financial decision that they're making as an adult. And so it's really important to, to give them time, not push them. Um, if, if you don't know and you're feeling pressure, it's okay to not do anything with it. Um, let, the, let the check uh, be in, in a safe place, a safe deposit box, or, or just put it in a savings account. And, and you don't have to make a decision right away. You mentioned a young person coming into to money in the form of a miner's trust or something like that. And it's kind of like a, a person learning how to drive for the first time. But instead of starting out with a small little car, something basic, their first car is, is a big semi truck. And, and it's just it's a lot to manage, a lot of responsibility and a lot of challenges. And we're going to talk more about what those challenges are for Native people who come into a financial windfall. Not just youth, but middle aged folks, elders, anybody can come into a windfall at some point in their life. If you've got a question, 1-800-996-2848. That's the number to call. We'll be right back. Summer is the time for baseball and softball, and Native athletes are on fields at local parks all the way up to major league stadiums. We'll take a look at the continuing appeal of the sport and how some Native ballplayers are making a career of it. We'll talk about the Native American pastime on the next Native America Calling. If you're hurting in your relationship or have been affected by sexual violence, StrongHeart's Native Helpline is a no-charge, 24-7, confidential and anonymous domestic, dating, and sexual violence helpline for Native Americans. Help is available by calling 1-844-7-NATIVE or by clicking on the chat icon on strongheartshelpline.org. This program is supported by StrongHeart's Native Helpline. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. Coming into a large sum of money can be a mixed blessing. If you're smart, it could turn your life around or help stabilize your financial future. We're talking about how to fi handle financial windfalls today, and we'd like to hear from you. How did you spend your tax refund or stimulus money? Maybe you got an inheritance or one really big at that casino. Give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. Once again, the number is 1-800-996-2848. Let's hear now from Miranda Lenti. She's a loan officer for Tiwa Lending Services, and she assists Native families with learning about credit, loans, budgets, and other areas of personal finance. She's from the Isleta Pueblo in New Mexico. Miranda, welcome back to Native America Calling. Good morning, Sean. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely, Miranda. And first off, without getting into too many personal details, have you ever come into a financial windfall? 
I have, and it was, um, like Leilani said, it was at 18, um, and that was tribal tribal funds. So, yes, I dealt with the financial windfall. And what did you find most challenging about that windfall? Definitely uh, just seeing what I could do with it. Being 18, not knowing much, you know, about financial education yet um, as a teenager, I was like, oh, my God, I could do so much. This money's going to last me forever because it was such a huge lump sum. Um, but, you know, talking with, with family and seeing some siblings and cousins around me get the same amount of money and how fast it was gone, I realized I, I actually wanted it to last. I also allowed myself to get some statements from the account, and it actually showed that there was interest being put into it. So I was like, oh, you know, that's more free money Right, absolutely. You get that interest on top of the principal. That's really super helpful. And earlier, Leilani talked about, you know, perhaps peer pressure or families and friends um, wanting you to share money. Did you experience any of that peer pressure to, to help people out or even just to overspend in some cases, Miranda? No, no pressure from family, which was really nice um, because that settlement, of course, was given to most tribal members. So I think everybody got their share. Nobody expected it from me. But as a as a Native American in our communities, you do feel a little bit of like, well, let me help out my mom or let me treat my sister to lunch. So though nobody pressures you, there's still that feeling of let me give back. But the overspending, I think, sometimes happens even without a windfall. It's kind of just, oh, yeah, let me treat myself, I think is one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, that's okay, isn't it, to treat ourselves a little bit when we come into some cash like this? Yes. Yeah, I would think so. You know, um, just keep it within reason, perhaps. And Leilani talked about making a plan, and I know you work with individuals and families and, and help them create budgets. So can somebody approach uh, a financial windfall like they would a monthly budget, or, or do they need to look at it a little bit differently? I think it's a little different because it's definitely extra income. It's income that maybe you were expecting, but it took a while, or maybe it was something surprisingly um, that hit your you know, uh, account in the month. So I think what you still need to do is your regular monthly budget and then tailor that extra income into into it. You know, then decide, okay, here's my regular income, my regular expenses, but how is this income going to fit into this? And, and what are your goals? Exactly what Leilani said is determining your goals and seeing how that income can help you. Now, what about if somebody, now we're talking about younger people maybe just getting started, but what about somebody older that might have some existing debt, they might have some other liabilities, maybe they owe money on a car loan or something like that, or some credit card bills. Do you recommend them paying some of that debt off when they get a, a lump sum windfall like this? Oh, yeah. What we'll do is um, sit down with the individual and then write them and their list out all their expenses, their balances and their payments. And we can either do what, of course, um, what we call the debt snowball is, which is paying off the smaller the smaller uh, debt. But you could also look at paying off the balance that's doable that might have the higher payment and seeing like, hey, if you pay off your car loan, this is maybe $300 a month. That's going to free you up $300 after you make that final payoff and go from there to determine are you going to still get extra income because you paid off some of your debts, you know, and seeing how that can add up to still have 
a surplus of money for the future months to come. So Miranda, you're you're mentioning here looking at the the balance on like different credit accounts, looking at interest rates. So you're talking about paying down debt very strategically and focusing on maybe certain accounts as opposed to others first, prioritizing. Can that make a big difference in terms of how much it actually costs you to pay off debt if you look strategically like that and pay attention to to how you're paying off the debts in what order? Oh, yeah. And that's why it's nice to take time to do it and don't, you know, don't do it in a short amount of time. You have to sit down, you know, look at everything listed out and look at your interest, because if you do pay off a debt that has a high interest rate, that's saving you money from paying it off. You may be paying it for five years, but if you paid it off in, you know, two years, you're cutting off that three years of interest that would have been paid to that lender. So it's definitely helpful and, again, can help you get more surplus income um, after you make your payoffs. And then going from your credit cards, maybe then to car loans, it's just depending on what works for the individual because there's no right or wrong answer. It's how the individual looks at their expenses and their income and then determining what's best for them. And that's the greatest feeling is when they know, like, they're comfortable with their plan. This is what they want to do. They've gone over it multiple times, and that's what they feel comfortable doing. It's such a relief when they, you know, walk out of our office or let us know how everything played out. It sounds like it. Yeah, just the, the, the empowerment that you're describing with folks, and especially if they're managing it well and they're making those good decisions that they feel really confident about, uh, avoiding that, just people being overwhelmed and, and not really knowing which way to turn. Because it seems like if you if you don't have a plan and you're not really sure, uh, you can just be pulled in, in so many different directions and that money can be gone probably in the blink of an eye. So, Miranda, what other types of resources are available to assist Native people who come into a, a large sum of cash like this? So definitely, of course, there's... Um... There's financial education classes out there, you know, that definitely can help you. Like, you know, starting small, or do you already have a budget in place? If you don't have one, you know, maybe you want to learn all the expenses and debts you have, what type of income you have monthly, and put that out. So you can definitely look into, you know, classes for budgeting. Or saving, you know, are you good on your budget? Now this income is coming in and you don't know how long it's going to last you, but you want it to last for a while, you know, going into investing classes. There's definitely a lot more resources now than, you know, I hear that there used to be. So there's, of course, you know, Native CDFIs out there, Native Community Financial Development Institutions that definitely can have uh, classes or counseling. Or you can, again, even look into counseling, uh, financial counselors out there because they're there to help you too. And most of the time, um, the services are free. Um, Or maybe, you know, it might cost a small fee, but definitely in the long run, it helps you not be alone in the planning process of that windfall. Community Development Financial Institution. That's what Tiwa Lending is, the organization that you work with. And um, they are all over Indian country, right? Many communities have native CDFIs or at least uh, regional CDFIs that they can turn to. And, and do they all teach financial education classes and provide similar resources to assist folks that, that might have these kind of financial challenges? As far as I know, yes, a lot of uh, Native CDFIs do offer financial services, whether it be financial education classes or workshops or that one-on-one counseling. And it may not even hurt to go to your local bank, whoever you bank with, and ask them what services 
do you have for me, you know, and let them know that you want to have a better savings account. What savings account do you offer? Is it just a regular savings account? Is it a money market account? Or do they have any type of retirement um, accounts available to you? You know, definitely utilize whoever you bank with if you're comfortable enough to go in and say, you know what, hey, I want, you know, you're holding my money, so I want you to return some (laughs) of it. Uh, you know, dub, not double it, maybe, hopefully, but at least give me some of that back because I'm coming to you with this money and trusting you with it. What accounts do you have available for me? <laughs> yeah, make them work for you, right? Make them earn their earn yes. their pay. I like that very much. And let's go back to Leilani. And Leilani, um, you, ha- you have an investment group, Breakwater, and um, you're registered investment advisors. But is financial education like what Miranda is describing? Is that something that you folks uh, take seriously as well? Absolutely, we've been providing financial literacy from the start. And my background, actually, have a degree in financial planning and counseling, and that's how I got into this industry. So that education is so important for people to understand where their money is, how it's being invested, and what the expectations are on it. Um, that it's reasonable and um, there's not surprises and people are disappointed. We want to avoid that as much as possible. Mm. Well, Ilani, thanks for that that added input there. And Miranda, I know many Native people receive stimulus payments during the pandemic. And were any of your clients able to pay down debts with their stimmy money, as they like to call it? had let us know that they made even prepayments, you know, and they were calling us and just seeing what resources were out there. And then when I would check in with some of them, they let me know, like, you know, I got to pay my rent um, two months ahead or I made my payments uh, for the next month. And now, I'm, you know, getting ready for the following month so I can make those payments again. So I know that it definitely helps some tribal members stay on track, get back on track or, um, you know, just help them have an extra savings. Well, there for a while, I know there was there was quite a bit of stimulus money going out and, um, you know, not just the federal monies, but also a lot of tribes were able to provide stimulus money as well. So it was, um, you know, and some of it's still going out there. I'm, and I, I know my tribe just not too long ago sent some checks out. They had some extra CARES money that they had and, and they sent some out. So, uh, you know, as it's wonderful and when tribes are able to support uh, community members like that. And of course, the pandemic was just such a crazy time. And uh, any little bit of money uh, certainly helped a lot going forward. So uh, Miranda, thanks again for all that background, all that information, all your insights. And as somebody who personally has experienced what it's like to get a financial windfall, you really, really add a lot of depth to the conversation. And let's bring in another voice now. We have Yolanda Pushatunakwa. Uh, this is somebody else who values financial empowerment in Native communities. She's a citizen of the Meskwaki Nation, a parent, and an adult education instructor. She's speaking with us now from the Meskwaki Settlement in Iowa. Yolanda, thanks for coming on the show today. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Thanks for the invitation. I'm doing really Yeah, Yolanda, I'm doing really well. It's great to hear your voice. And and the last time I think I saw you was on that really cool census commercial that came out uh, last year. You and your your beautiful daughter, Cyanna, you were right there in that nationally televised commercial representing Indian country. Thank you so much for doing that for all of us. We appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Very honored at being invited. And it's 
really great hearing the other voices and, and hearing people who are just as passionate are out there doing great things for Indian country and financial literacy and financial skills. Absolutely. And Yolanda, what do you think families can do at home to pr- help prepare for a financial windfall like this? We talked with Leilani earlier. She's an investment advisor. Miranda teaches financial education classes. But but what can folks do at home as well? Oh, gosh, I wouldn't even be able to underscore enough how important it is to self-educate, um, no matter who you are, what age you are, no matter how far along you are in your journey of life and financial skills, everybody has um, a kind of a stake in the matter of how much education we have, how much awareness we have. So educating oneself is really about helping one another and supporting the rest of our family members. So you mentioned myself, I have my daughter, she's age five. And so we have, um, you know, a, a little savings can it's almost full now. So, you know, <laughs> talking to her about what coins and dollars are and because her first, it's crazy just being in this digital age, her first experience with money was actually cards, like a debit card. So, you know, she didn't realize that for a while what a quarter or a dollar were, which was pretty funny, but, <laughs> you know, however you're going to do it, instilling that um, education in young people as early as, as soon as they can talk about money and start to want things and start to reach for mom's wallet you know, that type of showing them the value of it. That's really important. But also, as we go through life, you know, our, um, even my parents, my, my dad, using him as an example, he's been working for the tribe for over 25 years. He's a carpenter, um, really proud of his career. He's always been a dedicated um, family man. And now it's, it's good to see that all these years, he has taken up the opportunity to invest in the 401k plan. So I, I'm not sure how much he has in there, but it's, you know, for all these years, that's somebody who he personally, um, myself, Shauna, as you know, I had studied finance in, in college. I got my BA in finance. And and then my dad is, you know, on the opposite end of that, somebody who would never pay attention to, um, you know, such things or, you know, probably never gone near a Wall Street Journal or anything like that. But still, nonetheless, understanding that we interact with the greater, you know, commerce around us, the economy around us, and trying to take a responsibility to um, do what we can to make better decisions. Making better decisions relies on a lot of, you know, awareness. So however that self-awareness comes about, if you have the opportunity to take financial skills classes, that's great. If you have a work program where maybe you can log into your account and, and you know, look at some of the, whatever, it's free videos or quarterly meetings with those benefits personnel, whatever it is, those opportunities, you know, seeking them out to better our family overall. And Yolanda, you, you mentioned your, your dad and a 401k. And sometimes I, you know, I talk to native people about money matters and, and some, the response sometimes is like, well, you know, that's really not our way. Traditionally, you know, we didn't have money back, uh, you know, before colonial contact and it's kind of a foreign concept to us. And, and, and they say there's there's kind of a disconnect there between the modern economy and, and what we think of or what we were taught and raised as Native people. But I want to ask you, is, is there a way to, to take these topics, you know, thinking about managing a lump sum or planning for retirement or investing and, and put that put those ideas into a contemporary Native context that that really resonates in our communities? Absolutely, Sean. I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the, as you know, we would um, get together when we were on this financial literacy committee 
and teach financial skills classes in the community, we would draw from the Building Native Communities curriculum. And the first unit in that covers, you go back and look at the life ways that we had as Native people and our traditional economies. What did that look like for your particular community? And we had a really good um, learning experience by going and, and learning more about all the the natural resources that we cultivated and that we used as our commerce generations ago and you know kind of reconnected with that and at the same time allowing us to kind of acknowledge the state of our current world and where we are at and how you know we we do have limitations um you know this gets very deep for us as native people because we are connected to the land and the land is a part of us and such a part of our our life way well, you know, thinking about, we have a, such a limited land base. And so mm -hmm. those natural resources that we would have drawn upon generations ago to carry out all of our livelihood, some of those, those um, processes have been broken. Okay. Well, uh, we've got to take a break now, but give us a call. 1-800-996-2848. Be right back. With over 40,000 organizations trying to help military veterans, it can be hard to find the right information. That's why AARP brings together valuable resources to help navigate veterans' options, including no-charge veteran employment and fraud prevention resources, caregiving tools, and access to discounts. AARP is on a mission to support veterans. More at aarp.org veterans. AARP supports this program. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking about how to manage big cash payouts from tax refunds, settlements, per caps, insurance, other sources. Do you know how to make the most out of a large sum of money? How much would you use to treat yourself? How much would you use to pay off some bills? Join us by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. Before break, we were speaking with Yolanda Pushatonikwa, and she is an adult education instructor with a background in finance. She's a citizen of the Meskwaki Nation. And Yolanda, you were talking about money as a resource. And as Native people, we have a, a really strong track record throughout history as responsible resource managers. So in a sense, are you saying that we can take that same tradition, that same skill set, and apply it now with, with modern money and finance? Yes, absolutely. And I think that is important to keep that in mind as we move forward, because we, we also have the ability to um, adapt. That has kept us, you know, our survival has been a result of our ability to adapt to the times and kind of indigenizing the modern life ways, even if it includes currency. And you can see those beautiful ways that we've indigenized currency, whether it's, you know, giveaways or putting money down for people, putting money down at the drum or, you know, sharing, just sharing our wealth with one another at times that was appropriate. You know, there, there is some cultural nuance to that. So we can be proud of our interactions with money when we make those good choices too. I really like that you mentioned that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. The, the giveaways and, and, and other ways that as Native people, we, we celebrate our, our culture, we honor our traditions, and, and we include, include money in that in a healthy way. I think that's really important to acknowledge. So anybody listening today, if you've got a question, maybe you're looking at a lump sum, maybe you've come into a little bit of settlement money yourself, or maybe you hit it big at the casino like we talked about, or uh, maybe you got some birthday money, some extra money from grandma, and, and you want to know what to 
do with that. Leilani mentioned earlier, even a check for $15 is money to manage. So give us a call, 1-800-996-2848. We're waiting for you. We want you to call right now, 1-800-996-2848. You're what's missing from this conversation because our guests are great, but, but we want some questions. We want some feedback from our listeners to know what you folks want to hear about and what you'd like to learn about more with regard to managing money. And Yolanda, speaking of some of these challenges that, that face individuals and families, peer pressure, we've talked about it before. And what do you recommend if somebody is facing peer pressure and like, hey, let's go out tonight, you've got some money, or hey, you really should buy that new car, it looks really nice, or they're having a deal on big screen TVs this weekend, and let's go buy one. And again, people wanting to spend your money for you on your behalf. What do you recommend for folks to kind of set some boundaries? Gosh, that sounds so exciting, Sean. I'm ready to go spend some money. You got me all excited. Oh, boy. Yeah, these are uh, not, there, there isn't anybody who is untouched by that, you know, desire to go buy something and, um, you know, splurge a little, give myself a little bit of a treat here and there. Um, I think being prepared in advance is going to be our best defense against those things. I really like how Leilani was talking about the boundaries. I would say boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Always, um, I think, as just the, the things that we've been through, you know, our people have been through, boundaries is something we can always look to to improve and work on and, and practice stronger boundaries. And so I think I would, anybody who is, especially young people, I would recommend educating yourself about boundaries, look for that keyword, go look into what that means and what does that mean for you in your um, personal life. And because that really a lot will flow from there. Um, It's very hard to kind of uh, hold those boundaries up in the moment. I know how hard it is. We've all been through it. You know, I've had a windfall myself as well when I was 18. It wasn't huge, but it was enough to, you know, you, I, I, for the most part, I thought I did okay with it, <laughs> but um, you know those those boundaries are so important. But another thing I want to talk about and emphasize, I wish I had known this many years ago. Even when we began our financial skills class, I didn't understand this. But how we think towards money, so our beliefs about just how we think in general about what that means to us. So I think being really in touch with what your goals really are and what's most important to you. So. For me, it's easy because I have a daughter. Like, okay, I'm going to put her first. That's easy to do. But even if I don't have my child, you know, and, and then it's, I'm, I come first, right, obviously. But looking at the long road ahead, who am I going to be in five years from now and how am I going to get there? Because if there's a change, if, if I want things to be just a little bit better than they are right now, what does that change mean? And what can I do? What good decisions can I make to get there starting next year and the next year and the next year. And so I think I think it's okay to go and have a little bit of fun with, you know, a little portion of that. You know, even if your windfall is just 100 bucks, maybe you want to take $5 and say, I want to get something I never usually, you know, splurge $5 on myself for. And enjoy that feeling, but acknowledge that you're going to move past that feeling and you're still going to want things tomorrow and the next day and the next day. But one year from now, you're going to be better. And believing that, believing that there is a pathway and you're already on it, I think that could change everything. Whereas I didn't really, you know, I didn't have an idea about that before, like how important it is to truly believe and feel that you are, you're progressing. You're going to be better next year. You're going to be in a better place. Even if you don't know what it's going to be like next month or six months from now, 
just actually, you know, going about it, going about your business as if you're already on that path and staying true to that. What true to your values? What are your values? You know, is it is financial stability a value to you? Is you know, education, you know, college, whatever your goals are, having a car, having your own transportation, is that a value to you? What does that look like for you? Well, you know, for someone that might mean just getting their license, getting their license back. That's a long road, right? That's a journey. But what can I do with this $100 that will get me there? Because you got to get there, right? You got to, you're going to. Yeah. Believing that you're going to. I think that belief is, is so powerful. Yolanda, this is so inspiring to, to hear you talk and, and to, to offer these words of encouragement to, to anybody listening on the show today. And and you mentioned it all starts with, with these values and priority, priorities and identifying what those things are and then and then aligning those with, with your financial needs and concerns. So really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all that information along with all of our guests. And, and you mentioned uh, coming into Windfall uh, when you were 18, Miranda did as well. And I, I did too. I, I got mine actually in the, in the form of an inheritance uh, that came in. And I still remember being 18 years old. And, and the only advice I got was don't blow it all. That, that was the extent of it. Just don't blow it all. And, and I want to ask Leilani, because uh, inheritances, we haven't talked too much about inheritance money, but that's another source of a windfall. And in, in the event of uh, a Native person coming into some inheritance money, Leilani, what should people be mindful of? They can come in all sorts of forms. <clears throat> Some come in terms of property, um, might be a, a home or a mobile home or a car or uh, furniture or painting. So um, it might not always be cash, but it may be valuable. And so um, managing those, is, is that stuff that you want to have um, to keep and carry on? Is that stuff? You want to sell and, and have a financial gain from it. Um, okay. Inheritance, if, if you were to, uh, Wanda talked about her dad has a retirement plan, and that's, that's great. 401k plans are probably the most um, economical and efficient way to save for the future if you have an employer who offers it. So I support everybody um, participating in their 401k plan at, at whatever level they can. Or um, let's say that. It was to inherit some of that, that retirement plan. It's, it's cash. There's some taxation issues. There's um, regulations with that. And so she would want to um, plan and, and those things. Okay. Lelani, I'm sorry. It looks like we're having a little bit of a, a problem with the phone line there, but I want to go back to Miranda. And Miranda, Leilani's just talking about inheritance money as a, as, a, as a windfall. And then the other type of windfall that I think we're all familiar with is, is the tax refund, right? And now, of course, uh, tax season is over, uh, but it'll be, be here right around the corner, right? It just seems like <laughs> we blink an eye and it's already tax time again. So for folks, Miranda, coming into a tax refund, and sometimes it could just be a few hundred dollars or it could be a little bit more, what are some things that some folks should do to, to start re- preparing every year for that annual tax refund money that they might come into? I think what's hard about tax time is when you get your refund, it's near of course, towards summertime. So, you know, just see what what part of the year it is, you know, might be uh, sports season for your kids. 
Are they going to have registration fees, uniforms, you know, their equipment? Or, um, you know, is there summer programs that you're going to put your kids into? Are there any fees, field trips, um, you know, lunch money that still is involved? So it's hard for that time of year. You have to kind of prepare for the busy season of spring, summer, and then going back to school. So definitely if, you know, if um, our clients have any any kids, you know, think about those those costs those unexpected costs that happen every year. They're unexpected, but they we know they happen every year. Um, just kind of preparing for those. Or, you know, if it's extra income, again, if you have already handled your budget or you see how the extra income can help you placing it where it goes to your debts. Or, you know, definitely if you're like, I, you know, I work really hard. I deserve a vacation. So, okay, I'm getting X amount of money back. Here's how I can plan a vacation with this. You know, just making sure you don't overextend yourself on what you're getting. I think that's the hard part with tax refunds is you just never know what you're going to get back until (laughs) you go through the hard work of inputting your W-2s and all your other forms and seeing that final number. Then you can decide, you know, if it's a small amount or a higher amount than what you're expecting, then you can kind of see different options. But again, just choosing the one that's right for you because you don't want to overextend yourself by saying, yes, this will help. But I can take for my savings to make this vacation work. No, let it say, okay, I can maybe stay in in my state for a vacation. I don't need to go out of my state. Or, you know, just seeing what, just seeing how it's going to work for you and making sure you're comfortable after you spend it and making sure you're not overextending yourself. Okay. And you mentioned how those tax refunds, uh, you know, one year you could get, there could be a new credit or something like that. And you could get a big refund the next year. It could be much smaller. So it fluctuates and that definitely presents challenges uh, from year to year in terms of the planning. Folks, if you've got a question, you'd like to learn more about managing a windfall payment, we've got the guests who can help you do that. 1-800-996-2848. Still time. We can get a couple calls in before we got to wrap up the show. And Miranda, um, Um, you know, earlier we had Yolanda and she talked about giveaways and some of the the cultural contexts in which as native people, we, we, we use money. And, uh, and you talked about when you get a, a, a lump sum, like through a tax refund and, and planning ahead for sports and summertime and vacations and things like that. And now that the pandemic is finally, uh, you know, I think we've seen the worst of it and, and we're getting back out again, right? And we're doing ceremonies we're we're having gatherings and cultural doings. And of course there in New Mexico, where you are feast days are finally back in person and, and feast days are a wonderful time for, for families, native families and friends to get together and celebrate and, 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 practice uh, dances and traditions, but they can also be kind of expensive for families and and the feeding and some of the other things that go on. So um, can folks think about using a a tax refund money to prepare for for summer feasts and other cultural doings there on the Pueblo? Oh, definitely. We incorporated into our classes, you know, putting line items that, you know, say traditional activities or feast days, like you're, you're saying, because that definitely adds up as a one-time cost, you know, you may have a relative participating and the frustration comes in of, okay, I got to get ready. I got to go to the store, get this. I got to, you know, go to the jewelry maker over here and get that. So it can kind of become a little tedious. And so definitely preparing is, is always an option. So that way you're more comfortable. And again, you know what you can go shop for. If you get an extra few hundred dollars then you know, okay, I can just go and get everything and I'm still okay. So yeah, Definitely preparing for those activities is really nice instead of 
spur of the moment and rushing around or or getting, you know, a little frustrated because maybe you didn't anticipate that cost. Okay. And Yolanda, summertime, uh, a lot of people want a vacation, they want to travel, and um, they might have some extra stimulus money left over, they might have some... Uh, they might have some tax refund money. Uh, what are your suggestions for how folks can economize this summer while still getting out and doing things and traveling a little bit? Oh, gosh, that's tough because I want to get out and travel and go everywhere, too. <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> having, having those limitations for ourselves, is it, it's going to be key. You know, setting some boundaries, maybe draw up, I don't know if it's like a, a goal sheet, a list of all the places you want to go, all the powers you want to hit up, everywhere you're going to go this summer. But also knowing that realistically, especially with gas prices, maybe it's just not in our cards this year. And thinking through that with, you know, making those decisions with your family. So, you know, I have a daughter. She's just big enough to understand, like, oh, we, we can travel a little bit more now. So she's asking me, can we fly in a plane? And it's hard to say, no, we can't. So what I've said is, you know, well, those are big things. Those are large things. Mama has to save up a lot of money. And so she's like, well, can I... Can I help you? Can I make a lemonade stand? And so before the summer's over, we're going to do a lemonade stand so she can start to have that, that experience of saving up for that. But, yeah, being able to, you know, say no to one thing so that we can have a better outcome, maybe it's next year. And But it's been a long time. You know, pandemic is tough. We've, a lot of us have been home all this time. And so kind of picking and choosing what's going to be best for, again, your family, the group, the people who you're traveling with, maybe sharing sharing expenses um that might be a key you know buddying up with people who want to go with you and share the load but um yeah it's it, it it's always tough but it's always rewarding in the end once you've made that good good decision today you'll still be wanting to you know take another travel next spring next summer you're still going to want that just as much as you want it today and it's going to be a lot sweeter if you've got a lot more stacked up and waiting you know so that you can tap into that cash next year. Well, lots of great information on our show today, recognizing values and priorities, talking to our young people about the importance of finance, setting budgets and goals, planning, saving, all, all critical skills that can help us manage a windfall payment in whatever source it may arrive from. Maybe that casino jackpot is right around the corner. You just never know. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to say thank you to our guests, Miranda, Leilani, and Yolanda. We really appreciate y'all coming on the show today and sharing tips and ideas for how to make the most of that next financial windfall, hopefully coming our way before too long. Join us again tomorrow here at Native America Calling. We're having a discussion about baseball and softball and Native athletes who are drawn to these sports. Until then, I'm Sean Spruce. Thanks for listening. Support by the Smithsonian's National Museum of the American Indian, presenting Ancestors Know Who We Are, a new online exhibition that features works by six contemporary black indigenous women artists. Joelle Joyner, Paige Pettibon, Moira Pernambuco, Monica Rickert-Bolter, Stormy Weber, and Rodslin Brown, addressing race, gender, multiracial identity, and intergenerational knowledge. More at AmericanIndian.si.edu. Cachet. First baby, don't know where to start? CMS programs cover prenatal services. Enroll today. 
contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Elahqua. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.